0: Episode 12, God's Principle of Individuality.
1: Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. In today's podcast episode, we're going more in-depth about God's Principle of Individuality. On the note of individuality, I'd like to begin by encouraging each of you listening that you can teach. I have a feeling that there's someone out there who is fine with learning but hesitates to teach. And I want to let you know that I get it. I was there for a long time. I'd ask myself, who am I to teach anyone outside of our own children within our homeschool or, you know, in a homeschool co op maybe? But my mentor and friend, Ben Gilmore of ACH Study Groups, encouraged me. During one of his principles of American government course classes, he said, There are three types of speakers. The first is a motivational speaker. I could not relate to that inside. Secondly is a great orator. I couldn't relate to that one inside either. But then he said that the third one was somebody who plants seeds. And as soon as he said that, I knew inside that that was me. I knew that beyond a doubt, I could plant seeds. I was already doing it within our children and our homeschool. I try to sprinkle seeds here and there when talking with other people about principles and the principal approach to life and learning. And I pray that I will see a great harvest someday from some of this seed planting. And I knew that I could at least plant seeds in the hearts and minds of others through my blog or through, you know, I already mentioned discussions with other people, but then also when Brian and I were talking about doing the podcast, I knew that this would be another route to go to try to plant seeds in others. And then I could also pray for those seeds to root deeply So it all goes back for each of us to the seed principle. We will reap what we sow. So if any of you can relate to feeling like you're maybe not a motivational speaker or a great orator, God still wants workers in his fields. With your individuality, you'll be able to reach individuals whom we can't. We are not going to cross paths with everyone that's out there. Not everybody will learn of our podcast. And your personality may actually draw listeners who may not be drawn to our personalities. So that said, know that you can do it. And, you know, just take your time going through the podcasts, learning, taking notes, looking up words and defining them in Webster's 1828 for yourself, using concordance for, you know, trying to find Bible Passages that will have a principle that will pertain to what it is that you're studying out, and share about it with other people. Okay, so moving on to our message for today. A real quick recap first. In our previous podcast, we talked about the pagan idea of education versus God's idea of education. Well, that translates from education over to a pagan idea of man versus God's idea of man in general.
0: So now we're going to talk about the statement of the principle of individuality. Every uh, principle that we talk about has a statement, and this is the one for the principle of individuality. Uh, The book Teaching and Learning by Rosalie Slater, and it states, Everything in God's universe is revelational of God's infinity, God's diversity, God's individuality. God creates distinct individualities. God maintains the identity and individuality of everything which he created.
1: So when we're talking about a word that we're studying, and we use Webster's 1828 Dictionary to define that word, we're going to find what we call keywords within that definition. And keywords are words that inform and illuminate the meaning of a topic or a word. So it gives you more a more in-depth understanding of what it is that you're studying when it comes to a topic. It's not broad, it's deep. So some keywords that you can look up, this is kind of an assignment for you, Um, and be sure to use Webster's 1828 Dictionary for this, but the keywords are oneness, indivisibility, wholeness, integrity, completeness, distinct, unique, Everything, Universe, Revelational, God, Infinity, Diversity, Individuality, Creates, Maintain, and Identity.
0: We're going to begin with God, which we are, going, we are also going to define with the Webster's 1828. And it's a noun, and it's uh, the Supreme Being, Jehovah, the Eternal and Infinite Spirit, the Creator and Sovereign of the Universe.
1: I wonder how that compares to a definition in any of the modern day dictionaries.
0: I don't know. It would be interesting interesting look at. I'm sure it's not the same.
1: I bet you it's not.
0: So you might think, why is this important? One is that this is, the, you know, the, this is what the founders believed. And they, when they spoke of God, they were referring to the God of the Christian Bible. So anytime they brought that up, that's referring to this. That's why we use the 1828 dictionary, especially for the you know founding documents, because that's what the words mean when they wrote the founding documents.
1: Mm-hmm. We're beginning with defining God by choice because individuality begins with God. We can even see the individuality of God in the Shema. The Shema says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is distinct. He has an individuality.
0: And you also have uh, other uh, Bible verses that also refer to this. And we can start with Genesis. Uh, Genesis 1. So God is the source. The creation is good, diverse, and, and possesses individuality too.
1: Right. So he's his own kind.
0: Yeah. And then John 1.3 um, states that God is the source of all that has been made. Without him, nothing can be made. And then first Corinthians twelve four through eleven. Diversity of gifts from the same spirit for the common good as he determines. And we go to the individuality of creation, and we can see that in Psalm twenty four one. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And then also uh Psalm nineteen one states, uh, the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands.
1: And I'd like to go back to Psalm 24, 1, because we're learning that the earth is distinct from the other planets that God has created. Specifically, that verse is speaking of earth's individuality, that it was designed to to contain inhabitants, mm-hmm. those who dwell in it.
0: Yeah, it's true. And they didn't really know about that back then.
1: Mm-mm.
0: And So it really falls into a good perspective for us.
1: Well, and it's, yeah, and it shows that it was revelational to them.
0: And then we have the uh, Psalm seven four. He determines the number of the stars and calls them by name, individual names.
1: Isn't that amazing considering that there are countless stars out there? Countless to us anyway. Mm-hmm. Alright, so then we can look at the individuality of God's creation in the small things. We can see the intricate designs and details of things. And if we take snowflakes into consideration, actually none of us could really see the details of snowflakes until Snowflake Bentley came along and he lived in the 1800s in 1885. He was equipped with his microscope and a camera, and he made his first successful photograph of a snowflake. But before he died, he had photographed more than 5,000 snowflakes, and none of them were exactly alike. Another area to consider God's principle of individuality is with continents. However, we already covered that in our podcast about continents on the chain of christianity so you can go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it already so within that that podcast on the continents on the chain of christianity we learn about the individuality of nations as well and i'd like to kind of branch off a little bit from the topic that we're talking about and it might seem like a rabbit trail but it's really not because it's talking about the individuality of nations and I know that there are a lot of Christians out there who genuinely care. We don't like to see other people suffer. We don't like to see other nations struggling and oppressing the people that live there. And so a lot of times individuals will grab onto the concept of globalism and think that that is the, the answer to taking care of all of humanity on the face of the globe. But please consider, if you're one of these Christians, please consider that God establishes nations. He's the one who gives the ideas of borders and boundaries in the first place. He's the one who created the individuality of nations. So please consider the principles behind why he would do that. Ask yourself if you think God knows what he's doing when he separates nations. So here are some passages in Scripture for you to go ahead and look up and refer to to see about who is behind establishing nations as individual nations. Exodus 23:31, Acts 17:26, Deuteronomy 32:8, Nehemiah 9:22, Exodus 34, 24. Also ask yourselves. Why did God separate people after the Tower of Babel? Why did God separate Hem, Shem, and Japheth? Why does man try to distort the wisdom behind what God does? Does God not understand the nature of man? How does the concept of globalism relate to centralization? And what do we learn from ancient Rome when they went this route? Does centralization cause civilizations to fall? Is it because of too little or too much self-government of a people? These are very important things to consider when voting and also when, you know, getting involved in activism that promotes globalism. I think typically we don't consider that forms of government have an individuality to them, but individuality does apply to forms of government. We kind of address this a little bit in the beginning when just kind of going over our review about the pagan idea versus god's idea of education and that that translates over to man but it also translates over to government as i just said so the christian idea is of god man and government is that it all starts with god and then it flows down to god's word which flows down to the individual and then it flows down to the individual glorifying God. But the pagan idea is not the same in any way, shape, or form. The pagan idea begins with the king, a dictator, or chief as being at the top. They completely take God out of the picture. And then from them flows down to, from them we get arbitrary laws. I'm pretty sure several of our listeners can think of some arbitrary laws that are taking place in a lot of the states right now. And then the individual is to aggrandize the state. So there are fruits from each of these. And if we consider the individuality of a humanistic government, we can think of it like a seesaw. On one end of the seesaw, you have self as an island. And on the other end of the seesaw, we have self as a group. When we're looking at the end of the seesaw where self is an island, we see stoicism, lawlessness, license to do anything that they want, anarchy, self-centeredness, and nihilism, which is another way of saying insurrection. And the governmental result of this is democracy. We run into mob rule. And kind of the mantra ends up being like, crucify him. And I think that a lot of our listeners are very well aware of this happening in some cities within some states at this time in our, in our nation's history. So on the other end of the seesaw, where they see self as a group, we get totalitarianism, tyranny, legalism, slavery, group-centeredness, and order without liberty. Now the fruit of that, the result of that, is a monarchy of sorts. There's a one ruler, and that ends up looking like a dictator, socialism, tyranny, tyranny of politically correctness. So it teeters back and forth between the two. You can, you kind of have a mix of the two. Um... So if any of you listening balked when I said that democracy is a result of a humanistic governmental seesaw and that it means mob rule, then please take time to go back and listen to our podcast on how to cast your vote principally because I break that down. I unpack it for you with Brian about what it is that makes America a constitutional representative republic, and not a democracy.
0: Okay, now we're going to uh, work on defining some four very important words. Um, The first one is individuality, which is separate or distinct existence, a state of oneness. And then we go to diversity, which is difference, dissimilitude, unlikeness, distinct being as opposed to identity. And then we have identity, which is sameness as distinguished from similitude and diversity. This is our identity in Christ.
1: Right, I agree. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about our identity. And we have to be careful because these words play on each other. So we want to be careful in how we use them.
0: Okay, and our our fourth word is individualism. And this one has a a couple definitions in this. It's number one is a doctrine that the interest of the individual are, or ought to be, ethically paramount, also conduct guided by such a doctrine. And number two is the conception that all values, rights, and duties originate in individuals.
1: There is a contrast between individuality and individualism. So if you are a person who likes to use graphic organizers, then maybe grab your pen and paper and go ahead and draw a t-chart. On the left side, you could write individualism, and on the right side, you could write individuality. Um, All of the isms are something that we need to watch out for. Individualism means, do your own thing. And you can think of something like self-magazine, or statements like, you deserve a break. Or, look out for number one. Or, I'm a self-made man. Or you can think of the selfie culture, whereas individuality is thy will be done, referencing Mark 1436, or we are his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. Or Lord, what will you have me do? Acts nine six. So individuality is giving glory to God and recognition to God for who he is, he's the creator, and that he has individuality, and that we are created in his image as individuals. And then again, individualism is self-centered. It's man-centered. Right. So you'll see things like egotism and narcissism involved with individualism. But individuality, it's connected to being humble, You see that people have a servant's heart, and that there's an acknowledgement of God working in and through us. There's also individuality when it comes to self-government. All right, so the principle of individuality is applied to Christian self-government as well. We have Christianity, not Christianism, we have Christianity, which means liberty with law and that's responsibility, authority with dual responsibility, that duality is a responsibility to God and to our neighbor, our responsibility to our neighbor is considered federalism. Uh, Christian self-government with unity, Christ-centeredness, and voluntary consent of the governed, these are all internal qualities. The governmental result of this is a Christian constitutional federal Republic. And not a that democracy? not a democracy. And that, that is the outer working of the internal qualities that we have because of Christ. Uh, the Christian constitutional Federal Republic is external. It flows out from that internal quality that we have as individuals. Um, One of the poems that we teach our children in the principle approach is written by Rosalie Slater. It's found in Teaching and Learning America's Christian History on page 155. And the poem says, Starting with me, God made me special like no one else you see. He made me a witness to his diversity. So God's principle of individuality versus collectivized subject naming. Yes, it is true. Individuality applies to all of the academic subjects as well. Subject names, when they are seen and respected, when they're honored in their individuality, are history, geography, government, and economics. Each of these are individual, they're distinctive. But what happens in a lot of curricula out there, whether it's Christian or secular, is that these are collectivized and they get categorized under the, the uh, name social studies. Social, social studies end up having a socialistic view attached to them. And this is really huge because when the subjects are actually honored as distinct subjects, then we're looking at a providential view of history, a providential view of geography, a providential view of government, and a providential view of economics. When you look at the individuality of grammar, composition, reading, penmanship, spelling, and literature, then students learn how to govern each of those areas. But what happens in, again, a lot of Christian curricula or secular curricula is that they are clumped together under something called language arts, and then individuals are not able to learn how to govern the subjects by their individuality and the principles that apply to each of those particular subjects. Then we have the distinct subject names of oratory, rhetoric, drama, recitation, and debate. But when they're collectivized, um, then they're known as speech, you know, just a speech class. Mm -hmm. But there isn't a mastery of oratory rhetoric, drama, recitation, and debate when it's all clumped and collectivized under speech. Mm -hmm. So some are external and some are complex calculations from each of those. So. Yeah, I think that wraps it up for the principle of individuality and kind of helping you guys get an overview of how it looks in different areas of life and subjects and different ways to apply the principles to distinct and individual subjects. Okay, so thanks for joining us. If you guys have any comments or questions, please either leave them on Facebook at Biblical Classical Homeschoolers for the post for this particular podcast or in the Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles Facebook group, or just even directly on the podcast platform that you're listening to. And we will do our very best to get back with you on an answer.
0: In our next podcast, we're going to talk about the Christian principle of self-government. I know we covered that a little bit on some of our other podcasts. We're going to go in-depth this time, and we'll see you next time. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: All right, well, this is Heather Hall.
0: And this is Brian Hall.
1: For Christ and his glory.